Hello, everybody. Are you going to send me the notes? Chase, Chase. Hold on, guys. Chase. Come on. The, uh, the, 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 just, uh, I, uh, 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 notes? Notes. No, just a supporter show today. Really? No notes. Yeah, I've been under the weather, and so I haven't been able oh. to stay up late and collect uh, clips and do analysis. So we're just going to... Uh, what we got, though, for today's episode... What do we got, Chris? A lot going down with Iraq and ISIS again. And so we've already done two episodes on it, so we're going to do a supporter show, so that way the folks who follow the supporter show will get the 411. I really should be giving this to you. Share a Coke with a star. What's with these stupid things they've been putting on Coke cans? Hey, it works. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I get annoyed every time I see it. I, I just think, gosh. Are they, are Hello, they, everybody. They think I'm dumb? Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, chat. Hey, chat room. Hey, supporters. Uh, DeBill is asking, uh, DeBill, are you are you uh, watching the uh, live stream? Because I'll just put my uh, FS tab up on the screen for you if you'd like. He wants to know, Chase, because, you know, he doesn't care. Hey, Chris, I know you're doing a show right now, but I really got to know how your FS tab is set up. That's what he's saying to me right now. FS- I, I, what's, what's that mean? You know, speaking of FS tab, we need to do another how-to Linux segment. I know. People Super are asking. Bad. Yeah. I know, Chase. I know. I know. You, you know what? I, I've been I, busy. I, I, been I, busy. I, well, I, I have a set schedule, which is nice. And I went to Portland. Yeah. So we've both been busy. But, you know, I will, let me say this. I really liked that show, and I, and, I, and I hope, and I really hope. A lot of people, here's the thing. A lot of people thought that we stopped doing the show because I got a job. And that's not the case. Wait, did they not, did they not watch the episode? Some, some people didn't. Yeah. Some people just saw it wasn't there. That's always funny. Like People are like, man, I love this show so much. Okay, then why didn't you watch the episode where we explained what's up if you love the show so much? I mean, you know, right. I know it's, that's impractical to ask of people, but I don't know. It, it strikes me as a, funny, as a funny thing to say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let me show uh, DeBill my FS tab, All right. and then we can get started here. <laughs> okay, please. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There you go, DeBill. This week on How to Unfilter. Yes, I call my NFS mount fart. Yes, I do. And I'm proud of it. It's the only way I can remember it. So, DeBill, if you're watching, uh, there you go. They are a bit egregious, so watch out, okay? Can't confirm if they may or may not be negative in the freedom dimension. Word. Hey, by the way, I should share this with the supporters and everybody. Yeah. Um, An anonymous, truly anonymous person sent me an invite for a one plus one. (sighs) That hurts. Cuts deep. I think one of our best moments in Tech Talk today was today when we talked about the one plus oh, one. Oh, really? I didn't know you talked about that. And today. Angela was on the show, so we got Angela's take on it and oh. lost that recording. Oh. Lost today's Tech Talk today. Devastating. Oh. It's like it's like losing a pet. Oh. It's sad. Um, mm. So we had such a good conversation about it too. Anyways, are you gonna get one? Uh, the the order's been placed. But, yeah. Cool. And here's I'd be the really thing. curious to see. A, lo- it. a lot of people. Have has no? I didn't have a sen- <laughs> I didn't have a sen- actually. Did you take a selfie. I did. No, <laughs> I said, look at my. Oh jeez. Uh, no. Um, the the thing is, it, uh, I pulled the trigger on it, and Hello, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. I probably will probably still get the iPhone. Well, look at you. Really, but it, this is one of those things where not a lot of people have it. Yeah. And isn't it just as the Oppo a, though? Uh, n- it, if it is, it's the best one. Yeah. Um. Uh, because I've seen some comparisons to it, and the camera, and the software, and the feel. I can't wait to get my hands on it, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, CyanogenMod's always great. 
So that's something. But right you there. can root it, and people are already developing their own ROMs for it. So you don't have to use cyanogen if you don't want. to. Why wouldn't you want to use cyanogen? Well, there's other people like sometimes they don't like cyanogen. Like they want to go art uh, art to runtime for for example. And so right, dollar. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, because right now uh, you uh, or Parandroid or whatever it is, right? Parandroid, exactly. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I, the one thing that really impresses me the most about it, and we'll get back to your regularly it's, scheduled it's unfiltered. Actually, it's actually not even overpriced, is it? It's actually kind of amazing. What that's you, the amazing part. Yeah, instead of wasting their money on stupid marketing campaigns. Oh wait. Uh, <laughs> no, their marketing department is Chinese, so uh, fair enough. And actually, I heard a really. Uh, uh, you might have heard it when we were listening to uh, a Twitch stream today. Uh, the uh, I forget his name, but basically it is a Chinese marketing team, and what they yeah. were looking for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, uh, Tony yeah, Wang was, Tony, was saying that. Tony saying was that, saying yeah. on Twit, right. and I and I think this is a great great explanation. Is they were thinking, oh, we'll get people to put our logo on their put bodies, logo on their face, and they'll they'll take the picture. Which company? Who who doesn't want? What company doesn't want their logo yeah. put on people's bodies? Every company wants. Right. That. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, and in China, they didn't think it would go. It wouldn't go sexy in in their culture, right? Because that's taboo. But over right. here, it goes sexy. Yeah, or or, or uh, a sexist more yeah. than anything else. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, sexy turns to yeah. Yeah. So so basically, you know, for me, the price point is incredible. A sixty-four gig device for three hundred and forty-nine dollars. Yeah. With a five point five inch ten eighty p display. Right. right. The was I think it's a fourteen megapixel camera, NFC, uh, thirty-one hundred milliamp battery. These are all top of my head, by the way. I, as you can tell, I've been doing research. I I want to cover this obviously from a tech angle. Yeah, as well. it's very fascinating from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's what I that's what I've always found really awesome about the Nexus Five is you actually get quite a bit of phone for the price point, exactly. and I think that's exactly what the mobile industry needs is a yeah. little bit of price pressure. Yep, because it's ridiculous. Well, the best part of price pressure for an unlocked device right. and that's the key you right. can get like an unlocked say Galaxy S five for six hundred and fifty seven hundred dollars. Yeah. And you're getting, you're still not getting nearly the same amount of phone. Yeah, so can't wait. Yeah, yeah, that was a really great episode we had today. Sucks. Well, we talked. You saw, you saw my message. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really think you sent that, me. You sent me, bro, uh, bro, podcaster, like uh, you know, best wishes because you know how much it stings. It's happened to me. Yeah, it's the it's worst. It's happened to it's, me. It's, it's the, the worst. worst thing in the world. And what's so funny about Tech Talk today is so you know really what it is, right? Is you figure. You're doing a couple of shows a week, like you don't stress the system as much. But with like that Mac there, right today, it's on, it's on its uh, fourth day of uptime, right? And so Whoa. why? Yeah, I know that's the problem. But I get in here, I got in here late th- that this morning because I've been sick, so I didn't restart the machine. Uh, I just restart. I did restart the application, but I didn't restart the machine. Yeah. And, uh, and there's what happened is, is we we did a false start, and we decided we wanted to start over because there was a audio. The next there was extra audio on the stream. So I stopped and started again, but I did it so fast that Wirecast just kind of oh, hung. Oh, oh, and then it didn't no. grab the record. Oh no! So I just lost. And what's so funny is we've now lost two episodes of Tech Talk today. Which if you figure if you're going to lose anything, it's going to be the Daily Show. Because uh, it's, it's more frequent. Yeah. But and I'm not just. It's not like the Fisherman story was like, yeah, man, I had a fish that was this big. I swear to God, two of the best episodes we've ever done of Tech Talk today have been lost. One was actually a file system problem. The other is this problem. It just sucks so bad. <clears throat> well, but, uh, here here's the thing, Chris. You know, I do have access to something. I can't mention it because we're streaming. Right. I don't know, though. You know, I feel like, I don't know. I, I think really it's my bad in a way for not having a backup. But then at the same time, I'm waiting for the right technology to come to enable that backup. You know what I mean? And like some people on Twitter have pointed out is, hey, man, maybe you should just set up like a digital ocean droplet that just keeps a copy of your stream all the time. 
I guess not a bad idea. Is there space limitations on that? Yeah, but I could easily like just say have after twenty four hours drop the file or something. Oh, okay, right. Like a continuous. Yeah, work. yeah, and that that is kind of smart. But yeah. I I don't think I have the time to write a script that fancy. But yeah. maybe somebody I might request it from the audience or somebody because that would be really nice. By Even the way, was lower who, did, who did your artwork for Tech Talk today? Uh, Angela could tell you. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, um, so. She likes the guy, though, so she should probably get you in touch with him. Yeah, and the reason being is um, I, I'm going to reformat or change one of my shows. Yeah. And I came up, I have a name, and I have a, a, what I want the logo to look like. Oh, nice, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to give the business to somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. just shoot her an email. All right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, right, Roger that. Should guys. I send her a, oh, a, hey, a Rikai, selfie with that as well? Yeah. <laughs> Rikai, there's uh, pizza down here if you want some. All right, so we should probably get into some clips now that we've been... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome to Tech Talk Today. Hey, uh, you know, also uh, kind of an elephant in the room. Wait. Another reason why we're not doing a regular show this week is you can probably guess that since Robin Williams passed away, that's pretty much what all of the media has been covering. Um, So, Yeah, there's been a, like... A little, a little bit, bit of the other of, stuff, uh, Iraq, and then yeah. yeah, and then it's so. What I've done is I've grabbed a little bit of other stuff, um, and it's raw in this episode because I haven't processed. I didn't have time to do analysis. We're just going to go through it and right. just process it live. Uh, and um, we don't really have anything on Robin Williams this week. It just doesn't really fit with the structure of the show. But uh, normally this celeb- tragic. Yeah, normally the I mean, celebrity stuff totally. doesn't even doesn't even show up as a blip on my radar. I consider it to be mostly a distraction of the week. But this one... This, f- well, this one's different. And yeah. I, and it's one of those things where you go back and, you know, a lot of us in our current generation grew up with this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Hook and Jumanji. I mean, I... <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Good morning, and, Vietnam. You know, and uh, I did watch... I've, I've gotten back and watched old Mork and Mindy's and stuff. And yeah. Did you realize... I didn't even realize this until the other day, that the majority of all the stuff that he did on Mork and Mindy was improv. So, check this out. Aladdin... I had no idea. Aladdin... Oh, that... Yeah. ...was disqualified for best screenplay because Robin Williams improvised so many of his lines as Aladdin. Because they, so they, they couldn't give it best screenplay. Yeah, which Incredible I was thinking stuff. maybe rewatching Aladdin this weekend yeah. with the kids. No, I mean just, just, a, just a tragedy. But I will say this, um, and you know what, I, you know, I, I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, I, I, I wrote a post uh, to, and, and probably Chris has kind of maybe gauged this pulse from me from time to time. But you know, I, I, I've, I've had some battles of depression, mm-hmm. not, not in to a serious form where I want to take my life. Uh, but to the form of making me like want to rage quit things and mm. and and just say you know what like the whole podcasting thing and just walk away uh, and not even mess with it anymore. You know, I um, think it is a uh, it is it's this weird line for people who are extremely driven and uh, when what you are driven for is taken from you. It's not that it's almost it's not I mean I, I'm sure it's a form of depression but it's not even this to say this horrible overriding feeling of depression but it's this almost this giving up of this you know really I don't want to fight this anymore yeah what's the point of this yeah uh, it's almost this helplessness and in some ways and I hope you know I hope anybody who feels this way gets help but when suicide feels like the answer you know that's that's a bad well, place to be in and I. I can, and sometimes I think there's been times in my life where I have uh, 
I felt like there, that. There was there there was one time in my life I was 17 years old, and not many people know this. Um, I was 17 years old. I was living with my biological mother, and basically uh, I grew up in uh, foster care from the age of 15 on. And the reason why I did was I had really bad home situation, mm. and they were going to take me away from my my biological mother, and they were going to put me back in a home. Mm. And I didn't want to go back. I I because I, I, I hated it. I hated foster care. And I at the time I had an operation done on my foot, and I went to the cabinet, and I found what I could find, and I took entire bottles of stuff, and miraculously. Didn't uh, work. Didn't work. I'm guessing. Nope. <laughs> Good. <laughs> hey-o. Wow. Hey-o. Yeah. Uh, hey. But, yeah, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, granted, I thought I could look through my hand at, at one time. Whoa, so you had a good trip. I had a trip. Mm. But, uh, you know, there's, you know, I don't know if it was divine intervention or obviously chemical imbalances or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I always think about that instance and happy that that didn't happen mm. uh, but at the same time be willing to talk about and be willing to get out there and express that um, I've learned to try to do that more yeah that's good I mean you know because I think it's it's a it's a weird thing that people have a barrier to um, well more people die from suicide than they do in car accidents homicides uh, it's it's a, it's one of those things that I don't think as a country, we don't take mental health mm. as seriously as we should. Like, it, oh, it's taboo to talk about. We shouldn't be talking about it. And then there's people out there that will go and blame and say, you know what, he's selfish for committing suicide when, in fact, we have no freaking idea because we're we're trying to uh, come up with a conclusion based on our sane, normal worlds. Yeah. And we, you have no idea. It is interesting, uh, though, yeah. that is brought up, because the times that suicide has crossed my mind in the past, uh, usually the fact that it would be so selfish is generally what just makes me dismiss it. And that's not like I'm very serious down that path, obviously, right. but it does to me seem like a very selfish thing. Of course, that's because I'm a parent, right? I'm married. I have the network, all these things. It would be, it would be very selfish. Uh, in that regard, and um, you know, especially to parent, you know, as a parent, that'd just be incredibly hard on the children. Uh, of course, now see what what you worry about is what do you do when your children get old enough? Like, like in the case of his daughter, who's now just turned twenty five. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they've left, and that's no longer sort of your clutch to prevent that from happening, then you know things can progress a lot further yeah, but, and faster. But he also, you know, he did it in the family home, which you know, granted, you know, that's. That's where he's most comfortable in being and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, it's it's one of those things, you guys, where if you if you have you know bad thoughts and you you're not enjoying life and you know I've I've seen the chat. There's been episodes where someone has I don't know if they're serious or not serious talking about ending their life or causing harm to themselves. All I all I say is you know there's there's free resources out there that you can access. Um, hopefully there's somebody you can call, but if not, there's free accesses uh, for that. And, and resources. And and just take advantage of them and talk. And, you know, I made a, like I said, I made a post uh, on Facebook about these things yesterday in light of, of, of Robin Williams, and it just got me thinking. And, you know, a lot of people, I mean, people that I honestly, th- honestly thought Chris would never chime in, 
Justin Robert Young chimed in. Robert Scoble chimed in. Hmm. Some people that have befriended me on Facebook, but you know, you think that they just they're not befri- watching. They're not, but they are. Yeah, and it was pretty powerful and, and pretty helpful. It's a to topic me. a lot of people are thinking about right now, and I think part of it yeah. for the geeks is that uh, a lot of us acknowledge that Robin Williams, in his own right, was a genius. And uh, yeah. you know, w- one of the one of the things I did the other night was I went and I watched an interview of him and Craig Ferguson. And um, I love Craig. It was a Thanksgiving week, and uh, Craig had no idea that Robin Williams was about to come out. They didn't have anything planned for Robin Williams' appearance because it was a surprise to Craig. Okay. And so what uh, Craig decided to do, since he had to fill the time with something, was he decided that him and Robin would read emails. <laughs> and you, would, you, know, you think, okay, that's interesting, but what's fascinating when you watch this is to to watch um, how how generous of a performer Robin Williams is. And what he does is he watches Ferguson, and then every time Ferguson says something, you can see Robin Williams, he'll wait a beat, he'll analyze it, and then he'll respond to bring it up to the next level to make it funny or to play on it. Robin Williams isn't trying to take the attention. He's not trying to make this, oh, I'm here, everybody look at me, I'm in a surprise, I'm a big right, deal. Right. He is genuinely just there with Craig in he's the moment in, with Craig. Yeah, he's in this situation. So I just want to play a couple yeah, minutes. please do. Yes, sir. So long, Robin's dentist. <laughs> God bless us all. God bless us all. It's <laughs> <laughs> all work for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Terry Thomas School of Acting. <laughs> <laughs> to ter- Terry, I loved Terry oh, Thomas. Oh, he's always there. I loved it when he you said... see how they just play off each other? Jerry, you're an absolute char. <laughs> Get in the back of that van. You've, you've behaved abysmally. Out of all the floor. talk show hosts, I love <laughs> Craig the most. all those war movies where they always had the Germans who had English accents. So, Obenfuhrer now. <laughs> but they do that in, in Rome as well, when it's like Roman... Uh, oh, yeah. Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! <laughs> oh, Brutus, come here for the not knowing my name and calling me thus. We shall go there. Stand behind me, gentle friend. <laughs> they never had, like, a really hardcore Italian Caesar go, what are you going to do right now, huh? <laughs> Yeah, right there. Hey, hello! We're just doing the emails, would you? And then they get into the emails. I'll put a link to that in the uh, supporters' newsletter. So if you guys want to watch the rest, that's little. It's an eleven-minute clip. Couple, so. couple of factoids, real quick, about Robin Williams. Uh, I heard about this on the on the radio earlier today. Uh, Robin Williams made many appearances up here in Seattle metro area. Went to the Showbox Theater. He donated all his profits from all his appearances at the Showbox Theater. Didn't tell anybody. Made all, took all his profits and donated them to the West Seattle Food Bank. 
over $50,000 in total. He made numerous, like five or six appearances. All the profits. Didn't tell anybody. He just said, here, you know, I want to give wow. this to you. Um, you know, it's, it, uh, it's, I was just like, what? You know, he did so many incredible things. Like he would go, and I think he did like eight or nine USO tours. Mm-hmm. He would go to yes. Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. He would go to Iraq. Yeah. And he and would he also ta- do video calls to them and stuff. He would he would talk to the soldiers, and then he would curtail his his stand up to those conversations and try mm-hmm. to relate to what's happening over there. Yeah, one of the last I mean, stand-ups he did publicly stuff. is the uh, HBO special, and he actually gets into some politics. You know, he's ripping on some yeah. unfilter-type material stuff. Yeah. It's fascinating. Hey, you know what might make us feel a little better? Yeah. If we picked up a brand-new T-shirt. Hundreds Ooh. of people in Moscow are lining up for Russia's latest fashion trend. President Vladimir Putin on a T-shirt, sporting dark sunglasses on some, camouflage on others. This shirt features Teespring? a tropical Putin under the slogan, Greetings from Crimea. Shirts were flying off the shelves and racks of this ritzy department store for their debut. And while the Russian president has yeah. been lampooned in the past for his macho image, sometimes appearing without a shirt, Putin don't need no the shirt. designers behind these Putin shirts say they were aiming to evoke patriotic pride. Not laughs. There's no irony here. This is absolutely serious. Those who understand express their gratitude and say, we're so proud that finally we can buy this for ourselves to take part in what's happening. Really? Many Russian shoppers agreed with the sentiment, saying the shirt shows support for their president at a time when Russia is under increasing pressure from the West over the conflict in Ukraine. This is needed, especially now, because for a long time in our country, we didn't respect ourselves. I think it's time to let our leaders know we are with them. Yes, I think we should wear these types of T-shirts so that the whole world sees that our country, our people support our president's policies and our government. You know, actually... I don't think that's a ridiculous statement. I actually think about think about it from their perspective. Soviet Union collapses. Your country becomes an international joke. Everybody points to you as a colossal failure. Your entire philosophy of a political structure has been condemned by the world community. Fast forward to 2014, and now nobody can stop talking about you, and you are the chief concern of many of the world leaders. From a national pride standpoint you could kind of see how they would be proud of that. So, But instead of a national pride standpoint of going behind a picture of a person, yeah. what about their flag? A flag. Or, you know, a country right. region or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. I mean, they're rallying behind a face of a guy who basically became president, and I'm using air quotes right. here, <laughs> yeah. because he was already prime minister, yep. he yep. exhausted his terms, yep. so now they created this it new position. It is weird. Well, and it, we have to keep in mind, this could be just one street store, right? but yeah. you're right, that is very weird. But- but I mean, I know we've remember, seen Obama shirts. Yeah, I was going to say, remember those Barry shirts during uh, the two... Th- but you only see that during campaigns. The hope and change. Yeah, but you only see that during campaigns. You don't see... Well, maybe this is a campaign in a sense, right? Is he running for re-election? Well, I think maybe it's a little bit about buying a little public... Uh, you know, yeah. I think what it is right now, I think he's got like something stupid, like an 80% approval rating right now. Who? Uh, and and that, those stats came from his office? <laughs> yeah, from our team, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like, hey, let's capitalize this on make a little money. He's got to be getting a cut, right? Is it, is it Teespring, he must be getting a cut, uh, dude. Is it teespring.com slash Putin? <laughs> is, is that the website? The shirts retail for about $33 each. Whoa! And the sales are any Whoa! indication. Support... 
$33. Is too. that American? Isn't that interesting? No, 33 American? I oh, think wait. So. Oh, and the. Ma- oh, yeah. Uh, uh. Mr. Putin remains strong in this Moscow shopping mall. Amber so it's one Walker, mall. CNN. All right, so it's one shopping mall. All right, so it's CNN making a big deal out of one shopping mall. I, however, thought it was hilarious, and I thought that'd be a good way to sort of lighten things back up. Uh, so now uh, let's go into. Uh, we're going to get into mostly Iraq. I do have a Bill O'Reilly clip. We don't. We don't. Papa Bear doesn't take too much punishment from us, but from time to time, did he? Did he go off to this time? I don't know. I haven't done analysis on a lot of oh, these clips. Honestly. Here's the title of the clip: Bill O'Reilly accidentally proves Fox News is not fair and balanced. And this is something that's been. This we is, already knew this. I know. This is the thing. <laughs> this has been bothering me the last couple of weeks for some reason. Like I, you know, when we started this show, it was very front of mind that Fox News called themselves fair yeah, and balanced. Right. But since we've gone into it, I've just sort of become numb to that slogan. Like, it doesn't really register anymore. Do they still have that slogan? Yes. And it just popped back out of me recently for some reason. So uh, that's why I remember that's why I grabbed this clip. I just don't remember what it's about. Smoking hot letters. And here to calm things down, Fox News anchor Heather Nauer. See you in the morning. You're on. All right. Number one. (laughs) She didn't know. From Vicky Fergon, Indio, California. Mad as hell because President Obama recently celebrated a Muslim holiday at the White House. Has he ever celebrated a Jewish holiday? What was the Muslim holiday? Yeah, so Ramadan. Uh, he celebrated Ramadan a few weeks ago, and he celebrated Ramadan, Muslim holidays, as well as Jewish holidays in equal numbers since he has been in office. <laughs> okay, so Jewish holidays were uh, pass- celebrated Passover, there? Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. They, so they it's an it. even yep. deal. It's an even All deal. Right, so she, <laughs> Vicky shouldn't be mad as hell. Sorry, Vicky. All She's right. wrong. Okay. <laughs> Second letter, Ed Ortelli, Monroe, Louisiana. Wait a minute, really? Like, you couldn't vet that before? I vet emails more than that before I put them on the air. Like, where do I go to download Minecraft? Like, yeah, right, exactly. Like, could you imagine, like, if somebody wrote an email, like... Really, you don't you don't read that before before Papa Bear puts that on air. There's another point here we're missing. What? Someone out there is thinking this. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like, Someone out there. Some, yeah. some, what, what was her name? I don't even know. You know what Papa Bear needs to say is, uh, dear writer, find more things to do with your life. Get a hobby. Right. That's what. The- I mean, it makes me think. Like, wow. Lady. I know. Wake up. Stop worrying about it. There's more things you need to be concerned about than what Barry's doing in the White House yeah. for religious holidays. <laughs> Everybody's so concerned about him being a Muslim lover, though. Or, or, or how many vacation days he takes. Well, that is annoying, though. <laughs> Come on. I gotta. I, hey, I only get 10 a year, 15 a year or whatever. Boy, homeboy's playing golf right now. I'm aggravated when I see smug liberals like Kirsten Powers and Alan Combs on the air. Enough already with these leftists. Well, look, fair and balanced <laughs> is a Fox News motto, Ed. If the liberal view were not represented, we'd be liars, so that's ridiculous. But what I wanted to know is how many of our contributors are do lean left? Yeah, so we have 19 left-leaning contributors. Out Those would many? include the likes uh, out, of, out of quite a lot. But a lot of our contributors are military contributors. Yeah, they don't have ideas. All of that. So we're just talking yeah, about right. the political ones. There are 19 liberals, 19. including Bob Beckel, who, of course, is also a host here. Okay, so 19 liberals. Now, I honestly don't know what the next number is going to be. But she just said out of a lot. Yeah. So what do so, you think? 50? Or you think it's like 200? I think it's, I think it's over 100. You know, you, did you know that the New York Times technically has like reporters in the tens of thousands working for them? Did you know that? No. Yeah. I don't know how many of them are actual technical employees, but yeah. yeah so I was going to say they're probably You look at a contract. Rupert Murdoch operation, who knows? Let's find out. Evan by uh, Pat Cadell, James Carville, but then the rest of our guests that we have on who are not paid contributors, such as Wesley Clark, you had on earlier in the show, um, Austin Goolsby, the president's economic guru, you have him on a lot, so Last we have night, a mix yeah. of both. Yeah. Okay, so we are Didn't fairly answer. in our commentary balance. We have m- m- much more uh, on the left than, say, 
Um, I'm trying to think. You know, CNN, I don't know. But 19, okay? Yep. That's the number. Yep, the paid ones. Letter number three, Jude Boss. They didn't answer that at all. No, she just said out of a lot. That's That, that was the indicator. And so I would say this. For a nationwide, a worldwide uh, cable network has Fox News with 19, that's it? Doesn't, do you, I mean, let's, everything else that's aside, it. does it not feel like he's just on autopilot? Like, I just get the sense. You mean he's phoning it in? Yeah, like, I just get the mm. sense that dude is just going down the checklist. Well, doesn't he still go head-to-head against uh, Rachel Maddow? Oh, does he? I think so. So, Highland Lakes, New Jersey, I'm angry about public schools not demanding the same information from illegal alien students as citizens. That's interesting. So when you register for school, you got to uh, you know, supply a lot of information, and they don't ask the same for illegal right. aliens? Well, this is according to federal law. So federal law states that every student in America, every child in America, regardless of their citizenship status, is entitled, and that's the word, entitled, to equal access to a basic public education, to a so basic education. if you're an illegal public alien child here, you have to be educated by the system. Correct. Okay. It's just a matter of where you go. You're supposed to be able you, to prove residency, but there are some ways around that as well. Okay, what do you mean by there's some ways around it? Uh, well, some people can claim that they're homeless, and so they don't actually have to be homeless? in a school Homeless? You put that on the application? You could. I'm homeless? You could do really? that if you wanted to get into a particular so school district. contact me at but, the bus stop? But that's kind of getting off track a little bit here, because the schools are Calm down there, for this Bill. major inslot of, of students who, are, yeah. who will be coming here. 100,000. Already, Miami-Dade County estimates that it's going to cost two... You know what she just told him? She just told him to shut up and get back on script. Yeah. That's what she just said. Yeah, I, yeah you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there because I think that's yeah. interesting enough. Uh, I I find the whole thing to be rather, rather interesting. Uh, the one part that they just mentioned about the schools, um, you know what that is, I believe, because, of course, my son's about to go to uh, kindergarten, is mm-hmm. um, the reason why we want wow, the illegals in there... growing up. I know. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Dude. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, there's a bit, I mean, let's be honest. There is a bit of good old USA, US of A indoctrination that goes on in those schools. And if you're going to have illegal immigrants in here, it's just as useful to the United States government to have them immigrants indoctrinated as it is to have the uh, citizens indoctrinated. The more I, indoctrination, the better. All around, everybody. You mean, don't you start with the Pledge of Allegiance, Chris? I pledge allegiance to the, the United flag. States of America, to the flag to the for repu- which it stands, one, one republic, na- one nation, one nation under God, under God indivisible, indivisible, with liberty and justice, justice for all. all. Let's go, yeah! America! <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, next clip. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, I'm sorry. Uh, we need to remove under God. From that, uh, yeah, I was infected by that. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. So we'll play one more non-Iraq, then we'll get into Iraq, and then we'll kind of lighten the mood again. I got a few more mixer clips, but you, right. you know, uh, your buddy John McAfee. That <laughs> new buddy. <laughs> I swear, if someone's keeping a wiki, I will give you a bell. I would just pick. I give you that. I mean that. Okay. John McAfee wants you to dump your one plus one if you care about your privacy at all. Oh, okay. John joins us now from an undisclosed location to explain. And John, oh, you did ask love us this not guy. to tell anyone where you are. And what a marketing gimmick. By the way, um, by the way, you've seen the video of this guy, right? Like, um, oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, I Look at him. The video. Look at him. Look at him right now. Just look at him right now. But Bloomberg's putting him on. <laughs> and, and hyping up this non-disclosed location stuff. And the way he kind of laughs about it, too, I don't know. You say that Google and laziness are the two biggest things eroding privacy today. What do you mean by that? 
Well, Google makes its money, and, and so, so does Facebook and almost every online company, by collecting information. If it didn't collect information, it would go broke. The information it collects is, where are you? What are you buying? What are you doing? What do you like? What do you dislike? Um, and it's, and it, it's an intrusive um, system that has invaded every part of our lives. And it's not just Google. It, it's most of the free apps that you download. You give permissions, like uh, you can turn the camera on, listen to you, send SMS messages, read your SMS messages, read your emails. It's astonishing the, the freedoms that we have given up or the privacy that we have given up willingly. That's laziness. Uh, Google uh, needs to have uh, another paradigm for making money because this cannot continue. If we have no... You say, if Google, we, go ahead. You say Google's not the only company. You're Zero singling leg. Google out now. What other companies would you point out? Well, I, I would say Facebook would be number two, but Google is by far the front runner in the invasion of privacy for the average citizen. It's shocking how much, how much Google knows about you. Now, Google would have you believe that if you have nothing to hide, then why would you care? I, I have to take issue with that. Uh, privacy is, is a very uh, important uh, right that all humans have. I mean, uh, there are some people, for example, that may be having affairs. I hear that happens. Uh, some people may call into work saying, I'm sick today, but they're not really sick. We all tell little fibs. We all have privacies that allow us to lead a, a tolerable existence. If these things are taken away, uh, then if, if we're practicing uh, an alien religion in, in the Baptist Belt, we're going to have a very hard time. You know, he's right. Like, privacy is what gives us, you know, in, you know, just thinking about Robin Williams, privacy is what gives us the ability to survive this existence as we are these hairless monkeys walking around in this crazy-ass system we've set up. Yeah. Like, it is very hard for our dumb brains to complicate, to process yeah. that all the time, and we need these release valves and privacy is what le allows you to have that release valve yep and by the way uh we do in the chat room uh, john mcafee uh, does no longer have any affiliation with the actual mcafee virus anymore or whatever i think they didn't they change names or something but yeah well intel bottom too yeah so they're they're not he's not affiliated anymore if we can't keep that to ourselves now one of the things you said you've done to protect your own privacy is gotten rid of your smartphone you've you've already gotten rid of it and, and what's that like uh, you know I, I, I used to change phones every week anyway uh, I'll talk about it a little in a minute um, I think the biggest thing that I've done is is I started uh, and this is why I went to Defcon I wanted to announce uh, my new my new website brownlist.com. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a way to give power back to the little man. It's ostensibly a complaint site where you've, you complain about something. I was audited uh, unjustly by the IRS, whatever. Uh, but you can't just submit a complaint. You have to submit a solution. These solutions and complaints go into the, into the pie, and as people read them, they may add uh, their own solution. These solutions are then voted on. Uh, it's a way to get anger uh, out of the negative arena and, and back into the positive arena. Uh, we already have 100,000 users per day uh, that are filing complaints from everything from, uh, you know, I got a parking ticket unjustly, I got a speeding ticket, uh, Exxon is dumping oil in my backyard, uh, my congressman sucks, whatever. But you have to have a solution with it.
Uh, I myself am going to be on Monday posting my own uh, complaint. That is, the Belizean government is trying to kill me. I will be putting all the documentation in, including videos, uh, the, the whole ball of wax. And um, there will be a lot of people who are very embarrassed. And it is a well-known fact uh, that, wow. that people are after me. My security guards at Wow. Uh, there there was very strange activities in the attempt while we were there. Uh, and it all stems from Belize. That's where the money... You know, I actually worked with a guy when the, the McAfee stuff originally went down and he was, in, he was on the run. And uh, the guy that I worked with was from Belize. And he's like, yeah, all the stuff you hear about how corrupt Belize is, it's way worse than what you hear. It comes from. I mean, there's a company in, in Daytona Beach, Florida called AAI. Uh, there's a, for example, we had a video of a man named Gene Lewis from uh, Las Vegas hiding behind the tree with his, with his phone sticking out trying to take a video of me. When he was caught, he ran away and pretended like he was on the phone. All of this data is going to go online. So this is how I am using my own website to complain about things that bother me. I do have to ask you about Belize. I mean, last we checked, it, it, the case had gone cold. What have you heard? Have authorities contacted you at all? What is, what is the latest? Well, see, I, I was never charged and I was never even suspected. They just wanted to question me like they questioned all of my neighbors. I just chose not to be questioned. Because they killed his um, neighbors. They killed so neighbors. there are no charges. Uh, the only thing they did is they admitted that they confiscated all of my property and auctioned it off. Um, it was a lot of property, by the way. It was every penny that I had. So. Um, you know, the U.S. government is happy with me. I have no outstanding warrants. I have a few parking tickets, and that's the extent of it. So why the need for secrecy, then? If, if you're innocent, if you didn't do anything wrong, why not disclose your location? Why change smartphones as because, often because, as you can? Because, really, the Belizean government has paid a lot of money to remove me because I continue to speak out about Belize, and I do have all of this evidence about vast corruption in Belize. They do not want that released. Uh, it could bring the government down, or certainly the prime minister, um, who I have on tape uh, ordering the murder of people. I mean, this is, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing to have. They want to silence me. I, I don't like to be, be quiet. That's very obvious. I, I will not <laughs> shut my mouth. So that's my problem. Now, beyond the tech products you've been building, you're also working on books and movies. What are the status of those pro projects, and, and who should play? Eh, I don't want to hear a plug. All right, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting, though. Did I, you notice, by the way, when she was saying that, she kind of looked off to the right. It was like maybe she was getting a sig signal. Uh, that's or, pretty suspicious. I think I think he's in studio with her because the fan noises in the background of his mic match yeah. the fan noises in the background of her mic. And by the way, uh, get better mics and uh, turn off the fans. And, you know what uh, we don't have on right now? Our fan. To be fair, Chris, it is much cooler today. That's true. To be fair. But I still am sweating. Hey, got to be fair and balanced here. I am sweating. Just in, in, in interest of all balancedness, I am sweating right now like a mo. Just so you know. Word. All right, are you ready to get into Iraq? Are you ready for this? Do you want to brace yourself? Let's Have you heard about the latest, what's going on about the new airstrikes? I'll update it, you right here. We go overseas now to Iraq, where the U.S. military has launched a new round of airstrikes. Like this one yesterday, American jets and drones took out enemy targets, striking five times in five hours. Those strikes also helping to clear the way for cargo planes to drop food and water to the tens and thousands of refugees running for their lives. ABC's chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl has the story. That guy's barely getting through his lines. 
Today, over the skies of northern Iraq, the heaviest U.S. bombardment since President Obama authorized airstrikes. Hey-o. It started at 2.15 a.m. Eastern Time. U.S. aircraft hitting a terrorist truck that was firing on Kurdish forces near the city of Erbil. 30 minutes later, a bomb dropped on another truck in the same area. At 3.40, a terrorist mortar destroyed. 5.45, another armed truck is hit, followed by another armed vehicle at 7.25. Five airstrikes in just five hours. Part of an effort the president acknowledged isn't likely to end anytime soon. This is going to be uh, a long-term project. But there are some signs airstrikes are having an impact. Today, the terrorist group ISIS was forced to retreat from two towns near Erbil. And the U.N. reports about 15,000 people have been able to flee Mount Sinjar, where they have been trapped and facing death. This new video from Mount Sinjar shows just how dire the situation remains. The British estimating as many as 150,000 remain under siege. Most members of a minority group ISIS has threatened to wipe out. And the Iraqi government reported today finding a mass grave of 500 killed by ISIS near Sinjar. Now, all of this is really awful stuff. Yeah. Uh, all of this has been going on for years. Yeah, now, ISIS is a, is a new um, um, dynamic, but it's even ISIS is consisting of the same people who have been doing this stuff yeah. for a long time. What is What has changed? is that all of a sudden the American media gives a shit because that is what the Obama administration is giving a shit about right now. Some of them buried alive. ABC News caught up with a group of Christians seeking safety at St. Joseph's Church in Erbil, where the pastor told us Iraqi Christians are facing extinction. We talk the, 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 the Aramaic language, which is the, the language of Christ. You know what I realized? There's only one thing better than protect the children. Mm protect the Christians. That will be the end of a great civilization. Rare video recently shot by Vice News inside a Syrian town controlled by ISIS shows the kind of bloodthirsty extremism the U.S. is up against. This 14-year-old boy saying, quote, I'd like to join the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria and kill with them. As the president vacations here in Martha's Vineyard, he's getting some rare criticism from Hillary Clinton, who said in an interview published today that the failure to support moderate rebels in Syria, something that she wanted to do as secretary of state, helped fuel the rise of the ISIS terrorist group. Byron? John Carl, thank you. From Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. John Curl. We'll get to that in a sec. Yeah, the whole yeah. press crew is down there. Why don't we talk? Here's a little clip about that Vice piece that Vice got some really uh, great exclusive I love clips. Vice. They do good we stuff. We reported early on American airstrikes hitting the Islamic terror group ISIS in Iraq. Vice News recently received extraordinary, extraordinary access Speak inside Charlie. that organization. A new five-part documentary Whoa. reveals the unknown story of its message and influence spreading across Syria and Iraq. <laughs> This is an interesting map. Let's just take a look at this map. I wonder why we're in Iraq. Let's see. What's on one side of Iraq? Let's see. Saudi Arabia. What what do we – why do we care about Saudi Arabia? And then what's on the other side of Iraq? Iran. I've heard of that country before. I wonder if we have any particular interest in that country. Hmm. Hmm. It's Hmm. interesting. It's just – you know, just looking at this map and the – boy, I mean, if you just – just looked at the map, you'd almost think there was other oh. reasons to be interested in Iraq. I mean, well, you got Jordan on here. Is is uh, is Israel on here? Mm. Where's Israel? Oh, is, hmm. are they still in the Middle East? Well, you know what else is? Uh, I mean, they put Turkey there. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. You, you know what? You're right. You know what? I, you know what? I definitely noticed. 
Iran. <laughs> I, I mean, really. And wait, what about Kuwait? Look at this. Look, yeah, I mean, forget Kuwait. <laughs> it's Kuwait's right there. Recruits young boys as future members. Think of the children, Chase. For the kids. This is an extraordinary new... You know what I have found to be extremely effective is just randomly shooting my huge gun up into the air. I find that, that nothing gets the job done like just emptying rounds of ammo straight up into the air. ...development that shocked the world. Because this is the Those bullets do fall state. down. This is not a small group, a small terrorist group fighting in, this, in a forgotten corner of somewhere. Who are they? They were highly organized. They, are, they now look like and feel like a standing army that you could recognize, not a guerrilla force. They have command and control structures. They can fight a battle. You know, you know what I find to be also fascinating about ISIS, which I would love to see more exploration of, is the fact they have American guns, American vehicles, and they even have magnetic logos for the side of their American vehicles. Really, look. But, look they, at, hate, but they hate America. Look right here. Uh, so watch this they clip. They have command and control structures. They can fight a battle. Right there. Oh, yeah. They have circular... Their mission is to bring Islam to the world. Hold on, I can't hear you over the sound of you fondling your American-built gun. I think what, what became apparent was the absolute determination and the commitment to a religious idea that sustains them. They are certain. This is what happened to all of the guns we sent to Syria. All of the guns that we've been secretly sending through the CIA for the last couple of years, this is where they all went. We armed ISIS. ISIS is our creation. They are doing God's work. At the moment, it seems that, however brutal... Um, however, yeah, they stole them from the Iraq army. That's what we. That's what we're told. They. That's what they stole them from. They stole all of these guns, all right, of these tanks, right. all of this stuff. They incredible raid. What an amazing. Hey, how lucky. Hey, fish in the chat room's got it. Chris, for God's sake, just give them some guns. Just give them some guns. Just give them some guns. Um, hard line. It seems to be gaining support in some ways. One of the thing, the most chilling things is the proselytizing that goes on across the Islamic State. It's boys uh, as young as nine and again they're being sucked in with sloganeering, uh, they, they're repeating songs, they're being asked in one instance, do you want to be a jihadi? Do you want to be a suicide bomber? He's asking the kid if he wants to be a martyr. He wants to be a jihadist. Child being asked by his father, which I think is extraordinarily chewing. That's a little boy giving his father the answer his father wants. Is what that is. Yeah. All little boys do that. Yeah. The challenge now is you've watched them grow extraordinarily quickly. Uh, They've acquired wealth, weaponry. They're acquiring people. I like their camo. Out to the boundaries of other countries. I bet that camo is super useful. Are are they getting the magnets from uh, Vistaprint? (laughs) No, they're just getting from John Kerry directly when he flies over. Oh, fair enough. He's just dropping them off on the way. Yeah, he's on the way. (laughs) It's not a question of redrawing the map. It's dissolving the map. They don't see 
boundaries. They see those as just impositions that have got, have got nothing to do with the rule of God and the rule of, of Allah. You know, this is fascinating to see this documentary because I was just reading too and the, the Wall Street Journal this morning has a piece about how the Islamic State, ISIS, essentially remains largely unchallenged in its operational base in Syria. The ability to get an operational shots? base mm. and then able to spread into Iraq and what they're doing is why they're some that say this. you've got to really go and move in to Syria in order to get this problem at its at its root. Okay. So it's extraordinary that they got this access. Yeah, I'm amazed at the command and structure that they have. I mean, the report that report suggested that they they're like an army rather than just simply jihadists on the loose. Yeah. But the sophistication, uh, you were both asking, how did they get in? Uh, how did Vice get in? Mm -hmm. I had to ask this morning. I'm embarrassed to admit. What's Vice? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Vice is uh, uh, a young kind of uh, yep, uh, hip media group. I right. yeah. oh, knew God. who Vice was, but Jane Pauley didn't. Yeah. Mm. What well, does that say about? Yeah. You know, no, it's worth pointing it's out. Interesting there, there that you know they started out as a magazine that's become a, a television group. They're the group that went to North Korea with Dennis Rodman and then had a yeah. little bit of access over and there and got extraordinary access there in North Korea. Indeed. Hmm. Almost exactly like what the State Department wanted. It's extraordinary. It's, it's, uh, they managed to get exactly the access that fits the agenda of the State Department. It's it's, it's truly remarkable. It's it's truly extraordinary. <laughs> I hated, I'm sorry, I don't like the director of that CBS Morning News. It's like, you don't need to keep showing me reactionary. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It was very distracting. Uh, let's talk, we'll go back to uh, O'Berry uh, being at uh, Martha's Vineyard first. Actually, why don't we start there and then we'll go to the airstrikes, because this might actually talk about the airstrikes too. President Obama's monitoring the Iraq crisis from Martha's Vineyard. The first family began a two-week summer vacation over the weekend. The Obama's are visiting the island just south of Cape Cod yeah. for the fifth time in his presidency. Major Garrett is traveling with the president in Edgartown, Massachusetts. Major, good morning. Good morning. Even before arriving at this island getaway, President Obama beefed up his national security staff, ordering more staffers to, North, to Martha's Vineyard and asking National Remember, Security Advisor North Korea. Susan Rice <laughs> to stay with him for the duration. Now, the president receives roughly three briefings a day. That is a number that coincidentally corresponds to the number of foreign policy crises, Iraq, Ukraine, and Gaza, currently dominating world headlines. But there is time for golf. The president's already gotten in two rounds since arriving at Martha's Vineyard on Saturday. And there's time for some domestic politics. Later tonight, the president will headline a Democratic Party fundraiser. Now, the biggest topic for the administration right now is Iraq. Senior administration officials are trying to persuade Shia politicians to come up with an alternative to current Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki. Maliki is trying to cling to power, but there is some signal that those Shia politicians are finding an alternative. The next 48 hours could prove crucial for Iraq's political future and the future of the president's ever-evolving military missions there. Nora? All right, Major. All right. Thank you. This is a good point to talk about something that's also really bothered me with our with our current uh, buildup to Iraq. Okay, and this is what I found to be extremely interesting about Obama, and uh, maybe I think one of the things about the Obama administration, when we go many decades into the future and we look back, well, I think some of the things we'll be amazed at is is not the stuff that we get on him for today or or recognize that he's accomplished today, but little things that he has done that have fundamentally changed the way the United States government communicates to its people about what it's actually doing in the world. And uh, with this latest round of going back into Iraq, Obama 
has actually straight up just said, we're going for regime change. Like when we went into Libya and we got Gaddafi out, we were being really coy about, oh, no, it's not it's not about regime change. And then a little bit into it, we decided, okay, you know what? It's regime change. And then when Assad came around, we're like, yeah, no, we're doing regime change. And now in Iraq, yep, we're doing regime change. Well, you think about how long the United States freaking government via the CIA and other outlets has been doing regime change. I mean, we, like the one I think a lot of people go back to far back is the regime change we did in Iran back in the 50s. But there's been lots of examples. Right, right. We've never just come out and said the United States is actively participating in regime change. And now all of a sudden, we're just out there being like, yeah, well, you know how we went into Iraq to topple over their government and force a democrat- democratically elected president? And then we had all these elections that we put all these resources in to make sure these elections happened and they voted for this president. Yeah, we want them out. So we're going to go in and do another regime change. That's what we're doing now. We're doing double regime change in Iraq. Double regime change. Bang suggests that chat room. Your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. It is an epic responsibility. Iraq's Kurdish president confers authority on Prime Minister-designate Haider al-Abadi to form a new unity government within the next 30 days before he can formally take office and to fend off ISIS's murderous rampage through northern Iraq. I have confidence that with the people and political blocs, we would be able to overcome this barbaric and savage attack on the Iraqi people. Iraq's current Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki is fighting to keep his authority. He and his allies wasted no time in declaring fellow Dawa party member al-Abdi illegitimate. Haider al-Abadi only represents himself and not the Dawa party bloc. And we have a right to lodge a legal case against those who violate the Constitution. It is a political impasse made all the more critical because of ISIS's victories facing off against Kurdish Peshmerga troops in northern Iraq. You know, the other thing is, is that, boy, isn't it interesting that ISIS is sort of applying pressure to this regime change, causing this sort of reduction in power of the Iraqi government, sort of forcing the need for a three-state solution to the Iraq government. And interestingly, that one of the states that would be established is the group that is the most closely aligned with the U.S., but I'm sure the fact that ISIS is over there doing all this at this time is just a coincidence. After Iraq's own forces melted away beneath their advance, a security catastrophe which has its roots, experts say, in a sustained political campaign by Prime Minister al-Maliki against Iraq's Sunni minority is a relative consensus that basically Nouri al-Maliki is a liability. Help! Uh, all his allies, with the exception of his own coalition, um, has deserted him, including the largest, the most important religious authority in uh, Iraq, Assistani. Even the Iranians are having second thoughts about al-Maliki. The West has made it clear who they prefer in a series of congratulatory phone calls to the prime minister-designate. U.S. Vice President Joe Biden pledging U.S. support Uh for a new and inclusive Iraqi government, particularly in its fight against ISIL. But it is a fight which will take more than the few targeted airstrikes which the U.S. launched last week to help Mm. Peshmerga forces. Now you don't have the U.S. necessarily there. Uh, They have some presence, but it's not like it used to be. Increasingly, the Shia uh, political factions within Iraq are relying on Iran more than the West. Oh, Oh, my God. I was just going to pause it and say, why haven't they made the Iran connection yet? That's like the, that's the trifecta. You've got to make the Iran connection. <laughs> right, yeah. And the guy just said it. That's so weird. The Sunni elements feel totally disenfranchised. This is a far more complicated process than it was before. 
And it's something that can't be fixed that easily, even if there's a new prime minister. ISIS is a deadly foe with murderous methods and some sophisticated weaponry. Iraq's political stalemate is playing into the terror group's hands. Huh. And as the politicians bicker in Baghdad, the human cost grows. You see how they frame it, right? Yeah, of course. The, the political stalemate is playing into ISIS's hands. Not the, the reverse, that this political issue came up because of ISIS. No, no. No, we, we don't say that. We just we tweak it a little bit and say, well, they, they are under strain now. Diana Magne, CNN. London. Thanks, CNN. So there's that clip. Now, Chase, wow. I wanted to I wanted to go back. You, I think you might remember a clip we played a little bit ago. See if I can find it. It's gonna take me a second. Okay. It's uh, it's see, I gotta find it because it's called the most feared man, the most feared man in the world. It, it, that's the Dosekis guy, right? <laughs> that's that's the guy that you know. Here we go. I'm sorry. The I most... don't always drink beer, but this when is, I do, this just came out uh, today. This, this aired, I grabbed this, this aired, uh, actually I think I grabbed this last night, late last night, this was in the evening batch, and uh, you might find this to be slightly familiar, I swear to God, it just aired. Right. Is this the most dangerous man in the world? I remember this guy. Rising from the shadow of Al-Qaeda, the leader of ISIS, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. This recent video purportedly shows the reclusive leader at a mosque in Mosul. In Have we not already seen this? Wait. You, you see how they're just reintroducing this same... Th- like, I guess it didn't get traction last time. Like, nobody was scared by it. So, hey, let's just re-air the package. And they're even talking about it like it's a brand new video. Isn't this weird? What? We have already Wait, seen this. This. Is, this is not new. Northern Iraq. It is the first time even some of his followers laid eyes on him. He's uh, Iraqi, of course, and he uh, came from a relatively poor family. Now, this guy's new, so they've got a new guy doing analysis on, on something we've already seen. Oh, by the way, CNN's got new lower thirds as well. Oh, those are fancy. He studied. Islamic law. Baghdadi, who is in his early 40s, has not always been thought of as the terrorist leader he is today. In fact, U.S. forces captured him in Fallujah in 2004 and held him in Camp Buka. A skilled amateur soccer player and a former student at Baghdad University, he was considered a low-level Al-Qaeda member. So they recruited him, gave him a mission, and armed him. According to a Pentagon <laughs> spokesman, a review board recommended his unconditional release. Oh, weird. So he came really pretty quickly up to the top, and having got to the top... So he was given an unconditional release directly from the Pentagon, and then he quickly made it to the top of the new ISIS organization. I smell bacon, Chris. I'm just... I'm smelling I'm, bacon. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just... I smell a lot of bacon from Savannah Meats right now. I'm just re- simply reiterating things they've said, Chase. <laughs> He then showed himself to be quite an able leader and extremely ruthless in, uh, in really very good organizer. So what happened? Terrorism expert Richard Barrett believes al-Baghdadi's time in U.S. captivity motivated him to build his base. I bet. I think two or three other people who are now in the very, very senior ranks of the Islamic State who were in Camp Bukha at the same time. So clearly they all got to know each other. Al-Baghdadi claims to be a direct descendant of the Prophet Muhammad and even tries to emulate his mannerisms by praying like him. But to- you notice they still have the same blurred video in that. And notice the crowd's not any of his shots that you yep. show him. Yep, right. it's still all the same flaws we pointed out with the last yep. video, yep. only with new B-roll and new interstitial interviews. Right. For others, his allure comes from promoting brutality. 
Images like these mass executions advertised in propaganda videos have thousands of Iraqis fleeing for their lives. Baghdadi himself is living in the shadows, often appearing in disguise. Sir Pat's work with his closest advisors, but to keep everybody else unaware of his existence, or his identity at least. Um, and he, he slowly sort of an annihilated, assassinated his rivals and built a power base. Intelligence experts believe al-Baghdadi has done a good job of organizing his forces. He certainly has expressed in the past that his ultimate target is going to be the United States. Of course. Now they fear ISIS may even be more dangerous than al-Qaeda. All our boogeymen are. Gene Casares, CNN, New York. You know, when uh, Star Trek The Next Generation invented the Ferengi and they decided the Ferengi weren't scary enough, it took them a couple of seasons, but they eventually came up with the Borg because the Borg were even more scary. You know, the 47th rule of acquisition states. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny if you knew that, though. Uh, while we're on the topic of ISIS, uh, the, the ISIS has been around for a while. They're not totally new. And in fact, in the past, reporters have asked the Obama administration, hey, are you concerned at all about ISIS? And they said, no, ISIS. Pfft. They're like the B team. And so now they're following up. The press is actually following oh, up on that question. Terry oh. conflict in Iraq. And let me ask you about something that he said back in January when he told the New Yorker uh, when assessing the ISIS threat. Uh, he said the analogy we use around here sometimes, and I think is accurate, is if a JV team puts on Lakers uniforms, that doesn't make them Kobe Bryant. Uh, is it safe to say that ISIS, uh, they're no longer the JVs? Well, I think what is uh, appropriate to say is that there is no question that the uh, Laker uniforms that were worn, uh, to use that uh, analogy a little, to draw out that analogy a little bit, uh -huh. uh, that were worn by Jesus, the uh, Al-Qaeda leadership in Afghanistan has been decimated and defeated in Afghanistan. There's no question about that. Uh, and that is the result of the uh, many decisions that were made by the president uh, and the courageous uh, service courageous. of our men and women in uniform and our men and women in the intelligence agencies. What is he even answering right now? What is also true is that there are other organizations that subscribe to the violent extremist ideology that's espoused and promulgated by al-Qaeda. Uh -huh. Many of those groups uh, in nations across the globe uh, are not particularly sophisticated, uh, are focused on local sectarian conflicts that don't pose a significant or immediate threat to U.S. interests uh, or the U.S. homeland. But you don't think ISIS is a JV There are, of course, let me finish. There are, of course, yeah, let, me finish. let me finish. Uh, I'm getting there. pose a more substantial threat to the United States and our interests. Uh, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula is one of them. And you've seen the United States, in concert with our allies and partners, uh, take significant steps, important steps, to mitigate the threat that's posed uh, by those organizations Good that again. do have designs and some capability to try to strike the United States and in some cases even try to strike the homeland. Uh, we do remain concerned about the military proficiency that's been demonstrated by ISIL and it's why you've seen the president take steps uh, including the authorization of military force that would uh, protect American citizens who might be harmed by well, like C-SPAN, the C-SPAN clip uh, got By the way, uh, rule number 47, never trust a man wearing a suit better than your own. Thanks, Jim E. in the chat. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not trying to be all like, oh, uh, ISIS has got to be a conspiracy. But these things, like, they weigh on my mind as I watch this. 
Uh, and of course, it doesn't mean they're not bad people. Even regardless, like we can still create monsters. Uh, in fact, uh, they, you know, whether whether or not we've created these monsters or not, they are doing horrible, horrendous things. Yeah. Explain to me when we're talking about the, the slaughtering of these men, the 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 um, abducting of these women and children. Did this happen? Before the rest of the, the, this group, these refugees, could even run away to this mountain, did this happen back at their homes? <laughs> uh, this ISIS commander that our producer, Roger Razek, spoke to on the phone, who was in Mosul, he wasn't giving up much information. But this is significant because Kimberly was talking about what we've heard from the other side of the fence. And there's been an awful lot of misinformation too, or potentially accurate information that's been hard to verify about what the fate of these Yazidi women and children have been. But to have ISIS actually admit at this senior kind of level that they are holding what they refer to as at least 100. They wouldn't give even an exact number on that of women and children and that they're being held somewhere in Mosul. No precise location or locations is of course significant because clearly for them this is something that they are willing to exploit or at least make publicity over. The key part of the conversation though in terms of the future of these women relates to the senior commander saying that they've been called to join Islam. So as we've seen in many occasions in the past too, when ISIS takes territory where there are people who don't share their strict Wahhabi beliefs, they say to them, you have a period of time in which to convert to how we believe the world should be to our, uh, some say, often warped version of Islam, or you will face some sort of further action. We don't know what will happen in the case of these women and children, but we are clearer now, and at least having ISIS admit they are holding some of them. So they've got women and children hostages right now. This is currently breaking uh, as, uh, as we talk about this. That's obviously... Uh, disgusting and disturbing yeah the reason why i i remain even though in in light of all of this really heavy like atrocities and stuff like that there's something that i always go back to now i haven't watched this clip yet but this is the clip i have in mind uh when i think of isis we also have a history of kind of moving in and out of pakistan i mean let's remember here the people we are fighting today we funded 20 years ago and we did it because we were locked in this struggle with the Soviet Union. They invaded Afghanistan, and we did not want to see them control Central Asia. And we went to work. And it was President Reagan, in partnership with the Congress, um, led by Democrats, who said, you know what, sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's deal with the ISI and the Pakistani military, and let's go recruit these Mujahideen. And, Let's great. Let's get some to come from Saudi Arabia and other places, importing their Wahhabi brand of Islam so that we can go beat the Soviet Union. And we, guess what? They retreated. They lost billions of dollars, and it led to the collapse of the Soviet Union. So there's a, a very strong argument, which is wasn't a bad investment to end the Soviet Union, but let's be careful what we sow because we, we will harvest. We created al-Qaeda. Yeah. So we then left Pakistan. We said, okay, fine. You deal with the stingers that we've left all over your country. You deal with the mines that are along the border. And, by the way, we don't want to have anything to do with you. In fact, we're sanctioning you. So we stopped dealing with the Pakistani military and with ISI, and we now are making up for a lot of lost time. Yeah, you basically go. Yeah. 
Uh, wow. That's Hillary Clinton talking about why we created Al Qaeda, and there's always a good reason. I mean, there's you know there, we yeah. always have a reason yeah. at the time, and then it's something we have to deal with. Yeah. And just like the same reason we armed the rebels in Syria because yeah. we had a good reason. Really good reason. Oh. And, of course, don't you go talking anything. It might sound like sympathy for what ISIS is going through because then you might get arrested. Morning, Carol. Uh, this, uh, the guy right we're talking about is Donald Ray uh, Morgan. He is 44 years old. He was arrested when he arrived at JFK on August 2nd on a Delta flight from Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, authorities say that basically what he was doing when he was overseas was tweeting and, and doing other things online in support of jihad and in support of ISIS, which is the group, as you know, that is now taking over parts of uh, Syria and Iraq. And this is obviously what has raised so much concern with authorities. They say that there are over 100 Americans that have gone over to Syria and have joined one of these militant groups. And so this is obviously the big concern here. Morgan is only charged with weapons possession. He's a former felon. Uh, he's facing these charges in North Carolina, which is where he's headed right now. Uh, he's going to face these charges. They say he might have been involved with weapons trafficking. Uh, this is obviously before he left uh, to go overseas. So, but right now, they're still investigating to see how far this connection to ISIS, if any, uh, goes, Carol. There you go. Wow. Might have connections to ISIS right here at home. Wow. And, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we've been hearing about these 100 passports that are in Syria, these 100 passports, and maybe they're going to finally all tie it all together for us. Wouldn't that be interesting? Were those also dropped off by Carrie on his... <laughs> The passports? Yeah. I don't with, think with so. With the Vistaprint stuff? No, I don't think so. Vistaprint. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, one last uh, clip in the Iraq section. There's more clips in the supporters' sink, but we'll play this one and then we'll get more out of this topic. More of America's allies are getting involved in Iraq. France says it will now join the U.S. in sending weapons to Kurdish resistance forces in their fight against Islamic State jihadists. Now, the Kurds, of course, are the ones that are most closely aligned with the West, so that would make sense. Where the backings are also the ones that would gain one of the new slices if we cut Iraq up into three states. The Kurds would be getting their own state. Of course, we think that's a great idea. That's why we're backing that new guy, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, the British Prime Minister has cut short his holiday to deal with the Iraqi crisis. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, what? wait a minute. You mean he stopped his vacation? We can now turn uh, to our correspondent in London, Polly Boyko, for more details on this. Hey, Londo. Well, Polly, do tell us why uh, this rapid European response is taking place now. Well, David Cameron's scheduled to be chairing a meeting of the government's emergency committee, COBRA, right now. And he had been on holiday and he'd come in for some criticism for failing to cut short that holiday and come back to Britain and take charge of the government's response to what's going on in Iraq. But uh, he is under growing pressure to launch military strikes against IS forces. A number of politicians here have been speaking in favor of stepping up Britain's involvement in Iraq. And uh, the media has been talking extensively about the threat uh, posed by IS forces uh, advance through the country. But at the moment, British involvement has been limited to uh, humanitarian assistance. So aid drops over northern Iraq on a mountain there where uh, 
tens of thousands of refugees are trapped with no food and no water. And the Ministry of Defence also in the past 24 hours have said that they're sending some helicopters to try and rescue refugees from the area. But uh, yesterday, RAF tornado jets were sent over to Cyprus and then on to uh, Iraq. Now, the Ministry of Defence has reiterated that it was just a humanitarian mission, but given the choice of these jets, uh, that can be stepped up very, very quickly. These uh, tornado jets can, can either be used as surveillance aircraft, as they are now, or they can be armed with bombs and used to uh, carry out military strikes. Oh, hmm, that's convenient. Huh. That's nice. Yeah. It's convenient. Convenient. All right, we got more Iraq stuff in the supporter show, but I want to get to the mix before we get out of here. Word. And then we also have to end on a high note. So we got more clips to get to. All right. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, you and I have, you and I followed, I think, pretty successfully uh, the GMO labeling initiative here locally. Absolutely. The, obviously, the cannabis legalization. Yep. Well, something that we haven't been tracking, but we need to start tracking. Apparently, the gunfight is Full on here in Washington Oh, it State. is. You're right. Moving and shaking this hour, former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer. He's not just the newest owner in the NBA. Ballmer's also one of the big donors backing a new gun control initiative in Washington State. The measure would impose criminal background checks on those who buy guns online or at gun shows. Bill Gates has also donated. So has Costco chairman Jeffrey Brotman. In the meantime, Ballmer has now become the owner of the L.A. Clippers. Hey. Yes, that deal closed yesterday. yesterday. Ballmer paid $2 billion for the team, and that's about four times more than has ever been spent on an NBA franchise. That sounds like Ballmer. That sounds like something Ballmer would do right there, actually. <laughs> that's Ballmer's M.O., actually, it turns out. Buy Nokia, buy a sports team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just got, you know, he, he really won an NBA here in Seattle, but he just couldn't wait. One, uh, one. Uh, see, uh, Peter Representative Peter King called Obama a weak leader over not taking more action on ISIS. That clip is in the supporters' sink. But one for the folks that I got to play right now, Ch- Chase. Yeah, I want you to take a minute All and right. think about the benefits uh-huh. of Botox. Ooh. You probably know Botox oh, as the magic well. eraser for yeah. facial lines, wrinkles, and crow's mm-hmm. feet. Yeah. And from Beverly Hills to Beantown, more than six million people got injected last year alone. Beantown? Is that an insulting way to say the little people? No, no, no. Boston. Okay. But as this magic serum turns 25, doctors remind us it's not just Blur her face. a cosmetic effect. She needs more Botox. I had used Botox for treating facial spasm, for treating eye spasm, uh, painful torticollis or spasms in the neck. We're seeing... You know, a huge number of patients now benefiting from this drug. Get your Botox. Uh, Much more than a a wrinkle drug nowadays. This has been pretty typical. One of those patients is chronic migraine sufferer Patricia Wall. I would wake up during the night, five or six days a week, nights a week, feeling like something was being driven into my temple with two little boys and driving carpool and playing Little League. I just had to keep going. It was horrible because I had nothing to to stop the pain. Finally, after years of taking different medications, several at a time, many of which had awful side effects, mm. Pat gave up. And anything that I took was really totally unsatisfactory. The medications would either make me very lethargic and want to sleep all the time or just didn't stop the headaches. But then she met Dr. Gilbert, and for the first time ever, he offered a solution. 
So what we were looking for was a medication that would reduce the number of days she was suffering headache and hopefully also to bring them under easier uh, control when she did have them. So it was for that reason that uh, I decided to try Botox uh, actually uh, several years back. Botox, short for botulinum toxin, uh -huh. is toxic to the body in large doses. Uh -huh. It's actually what paralyzes people uh -huh. who develop the disease botulism from yeah. contaminated canned foods. Yes. But in small doses, Botox paralyzes only the tiny muscles in the face, head, or neck that cause spasms, headaches, and even wrinkles. Among the first to use this treatment for chronic migraines, Gilbert injects the drug into Pat's forehead, Love temples, it. and the back of her head. And What's her wrong neck. with that? Nothing. Once every three months. Yeah, of course. The Botox Keep it going. enabled me to cope and to go on and not to stop. Now Pat is down from five to six headaches per week to just two or three in a month. This is a significant Jesus, reduction from that, where Chase. we were prior to. Yeah. Oh, my Botox. God, look at that. And Pat Localized says she's hoping one day Dr. Gilbert will slide the needle over into oh. her crow's feet. I can't normally even get him to cheat a little bit to give me a little better-looking face. Oh, jeez. But you know what? Don't smoke a joint. Don't smoke a joint. That might be bad for your health. Don't smoke a joint. No, no, not a joint, but put toxic under your skin. Put botulism in your face, though, everybody. Go for it. Have at it. All right, we got to get out of here on a high note. What do you say? So, uh, do we want to start with Think of the Kids or the ACLU suing Washington State? What do you want to start with in we'll this We'll end section? with the kids. All right, okay, good. Because oh, it's always for the kids. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So you want to start with ACLU? Yes, yeah, do All it. All right, let's do it. All right. A big new development in the fight to keep pot stores out of some communities. The city of Fife, which banned pot stores last month, will now have to face the powerful ACLU Ooh. over its decision. The Civil Liberties Group has put its full support behind two pot shop retailers who are suing Fife for preventing them from opening. Both received retail pot licenses from the state in July. The ACLU lawsuit is the first court case that could decide whether Washington cities can opt out of a new recreational pot law, and it is expected to be an epic battle. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yep. uh, I think, is it... This city or is it the Marysville? Thing? It's Marysville. Yeah, so the city that our houses are in, so there's no pot so, so a lot of cities in the state of Washington at first, while this law was working its way and the, the regulations were being set up, put a moratorium in cities, basically saying, all right, we're not going to allow thing, uh, these uh, stores yet. We're going to see how this plays out, and we put a moratorium for six months. But then the city of Marysville and Fife and a couple of others, I think Wenatchee's another one, said, no, we are just, we're just not going to allow it, period. And now fight really is the state attorney general will also fight the pot ban in Fife. He argues that if the city wins, we might as well throw out legal pot because other cities will then do the same. No. C.R. Douglas joins us now with more. So why does the ACLU want to get into the fight over access to pot? Well, because they were one of the sponsors of Initiative 502. I mean, they brought this to the voters. So they've got skin in this game. They got two concerns. First is that if cities ban pot, Pot sales, they worry that the black market will thrive in those areas, and that's something that the ACLU said the initiative would 
would end. There would be no more black market. Secondly, the fewer cities that sell pot, the fewer tax revenues that'll come. And there was a lot of promise about how much money 502 would bring in. So the ACLU has a lot online here. It's reputation. This has to work out. They know that, especially because the feds and other states are looking at this experiment very closely. Is there any other way to resolve this without having a huge court battle? There's talk of a potential deal. Uh, one thing that frustrates cities is that they were cut out of any of the new revenue that comes from pot sales. It all goes to the state. And they say, hey, uh -huh. we're entitled to some of that. I mean, we have to pay to regulate, huh. to enforce the new law, etc. So you do hear talk of a potential agreement with the state saying, hey, cities, if you don't ban pot sales, will give you a cut of the revenue. I mm -hmm. think that's very possible yeah. going forward. That's what the this is what's about. in it for me approach. If cities don't have anything to gain, they may be against it. There's a lot of leverage they're using here. Okay. And I think that's going to be the outcome. All right, thanks, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they're not for making money off the tax sale, what, what incentive does Marysville have to even allow or, it? Or any other city for that matter. I mean, a lot of them may put under the guise of, well, our citizens wanted this. Here's the thing about Marysville, which is incredible. If you've ever pulled the voting numbers, the majority of voters in Marysville voted to have legalization. Mm -hmm. uh, but the council says, well, we, we just don't want to be, we don't, we, we just we don't, don't want that problem. We right don't now. want that image. We have for potholes our, to worry about. We don't want that image for That's our city. Potholes. But here's the thing. I'm no legal expert, but I, I, don't, I don't think the city of Fife or, or if anybody brought a lawsuit to the city of Marysville would have anything to stand on because this was a state-passed initiative. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they're banning a legal business now in the state. Chase, does the name Mark Emery ring a bell at all? Does that sound familiar? Mark Emmerich? Em Mark em Emery. Emery. God, that sounds he was, uh He was called the Prince of Pot back in the day, and uh, some of his illegal sales online actually were what helped fund some of the original legalization efforts oh. in Colorado. Oh. Mark Emery has returned to Canada. The defiant pro-marijuana advocate crossed the border this afternoon, welcomed by a throng of noisy supporters in Windsor, Ontario. Emery served just over four years in a U.S. prison, convicted of selling marijuana seeds to American customers from his base here in Vancouver. As Balpuri reports, Emery is vowing to continue his campaign now that he's free. Canada's so-called Prince of Pot is a free man. Today I went from Louisiana to Minneapolis to Toledo to here over a 12-hour period, all kind of crunched up and shackled up. And Mark Emery has done his time in a U.S. prison, sentenced to five years for selling mail-order marijuana seeds to Americans. The money I raised for selling those seeds paid to get signatures for the Colorado Medical Marijuana Initiative in 2000, and Alaska, and Arizona, and class action suits against the federal government, and dozens and dozens of other major projects around the world. Emery pleaded guilty to the charge and had hoped to serve a sentence in Canada, but was extradited to the United States in 2010. This is what I wear all day long inside the unit. been almost a decade now since, you know, we protested in front of the U.S. consulate in Toronto to protest his arrest by the DEA. It's been a very long journey for everybody. Now he's ready to resume his fight against Canadian pot laws starting with the next federal election. If we can get this Liberal majority government in next year, we'll never need to go to the polls to make marijuana legal ever again. Emery's wife hopes to be a Liberal candidate in that campaign. So we have been invited to speak at places around the world and we're going to be doing a cross-Canada tour, possibly a university tour, so there's a lot to, a lot planned. The pair say for now they'll return to running their cannabis culture store and pot TV programming. 
my wife really, really did the extraordinary in earning a living, paying for all that, paying for me, getting me through it, coming to visit me, being totally, utterly committed to me. Uh, I'm the luckiest man alive. Yeah, and she waited for you, too. Some of the first things Emery plans to do as a free man is shop for new clothes and glasses and see a dentist. Ah. He'll be back in Vancouver early Sunday morning and will spend the day here at Victory Square getting reacquainted with supporters. Bell Peary, CBC News, Vancouver. There you go, Chase. There you go. All right. Oh. So have you heard of the website rightwingwatch.org? No. I, ca- I found them recently when I was watching some Pat Robertson clips. And if anybody knows of something equivalent to the left, like a leftwingwatch.org, I haven't seen it. I'd love to know it, but Pat Robertson's going to take us out. Now, I've got a lot, a lot more clips in the supporter sync, uh, both in the overtime folder and in the Iraq folder, including a pretty fiery interview with Dennis Kucinich on Fox News, but I want to end on Pat Robertson. All right. Because the man speaks the truth and the wisdom to the people, Chase. Word. Wisdom and the truth. Rocky Mountain High. But he was talking about the nice, clean air in the Rocky Mountains. He wasn't talking about what's happening in a state that legalized marijuana. Now, everybody, the little kids are getting high. They've got marijuana cupcakes, marijuana soft drinks, marijuana gummy bears. Oh, do you want your little eighth grader to be stoned when he goes to school? Well, welcome to Colorado, where pot is legal. Well, I have been one that has been very much against the incredible incarceration rate in the United States of America. We have made uh, this country a nation of criminals. We have the highest incarceration rate of any nation on the face of the earth. And... uh, more so than mainland China, more so than yep. Russia. Yep. Uh, and what are we doing? We're locking up people for the possession of marijuana. Where's that coming from? That was from me. My bad. Oh, I didn't even know I had your thing unmuted. What are you watching over there? Nothing. I was, I was something dirty. I was going to show you something. All right. After the show. You know what I find to be interesting is Pat's totally dead on about the prison situation, right? Like yeah. he's got it. So what I have wanted, and I think it's a, a right cause, is the decriminalization of marijuana. But apparently, the next step is the legalization of it, which is a totally different matter. Uh, It's to, to, you know, full scale uh, um, spread of this stuff. And it is not good for people's health. It is destroying their minds and it is destroying their lungs. Watch out. And uh, the addiction is pretty heavy. And it's also a gateway drug into the heavier stuff like uh, cocaine and crack. Now, now before you you get judgy, uh, you can't see it on camera. But uh, he has stacks and stacks of scientific evidence, not just conjecture from the next from oh. from the Nixon administration. No, no, he's not just going off of repeated false claims since the Nixon administration. What he's doing is you can't see it, but he's actually got an entire army of scientists that are advising him via his earpiece right now about the actual scientific issues. And, uh, um, you know, whatever else is out there besides heroin, et cetera. There's so many ways that they're sniffing glue. These kids find more ways to destroy themselves. Um, or maybe their parents' pharmaceutical drawer. But we, the citizens of Colorado, have got to face the issue. Decriminalization, we're not going to lock the people up because they've got a few ounces of grass sitting in their car. Well, that, that's smart. Mm-hmm. But uh, opening the doors so little kids can buy marijuana gummy bears it's despicable they're clearly targeting kids with gummy bears having marijuana and gummy bears and cupcakes and soft drinks and 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 that's awful but totally agree that it should chase 
I, I'm going to need you to stop drinking that soft drink right there uh, because you need to be an adult. Be a major criminal offense, yeah. obviously, but um, but like the wait guys- a minute, wait a minute. Where's the scientific stacks of paper on the table? I thought he had scientific stacks of paper. I see a sheet of paper and a cup of coffee. Uh, he's using Merkdown, Chris. Oh, so so okay. you know. Yeah. Said how productive can people be when they're stoned? You know, I mean, <laughs> well, come how, on. How productive? I mean, really, how productive could they be? I hope I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fun. That's just fun because, you know, it doesn't matter how much we fire back against some of those old stereotypes. They're still out there. They're still out there. I don't know, Chase. We covered a lot of Iraq stuff. I think we should release this supporter show to the public. I think we should. I really think we should. Yeah, I was, it's I was, a good show. I was thinking supporters only, but I think all of the all of the stuff we covered in Iraq will probably yeah. be relevant for the next episode we release to the public. So I want the regular folks, the folks who don't go over to patreon.com slash unfilter right. to also be able to enjoy it. So totally. We'll release it for everybody. I'll be careful, Chris. You can't mention it because if you mention it. I mentioned it. I mentioned Ooh. it. All right, Mr. Chase. Uh, so uh, if people wanted to get a little more in the head of Chase. In, in this mind? Get your insights. I don't think they want to. Your thoughts. Where would they go? I, I kind of went off earlier today. They can go, uh, oh, I don't have it in front. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I thought you'd be like all like magically. No, like, well, uh, I mean, it was a supporter show. I, I didn't yeah, have it ready to go. You don't but, have to plug if you don't uh, want to. Well, no, I could plug it. Uh, uh, Twitter.com slash Newness and wants, so, me to, slash wants me to sign in. Hey, look yeah, at that sign. full screen pop up. Isn't that beautiful though? Screw, uh, uh, screw Twitter.com slash Newness. Yeah. You know why? Because <laughs> Twitter.com slash Chris LES. That's why. Yeah, that's right. Boom. Yes. And you know what? Chase has got yes, a really LAS. nice ferry on his. I've got a mountain. You got a. I've got a mountain. mountain. I've got a mountain, Chase. Mountain. I got a mountain. That's right. Hey, you doing podcasts anymore, Chase? I you do. still do podcasts? I, I do. Where I would do. I go? Uh, you can go to geekgamer.tv. Oh, wow, it's going to live page. That's weird. There you go. Uh, but at geekgamer.tv, we just did a, uh, another Minecraft me talking about how to build underwater. So if you're playing the Minecraft game and also other gaming and related stuff, by the way, PAX is just in a few weeks. We'll be there. I'm going to kidnap Chris. I'm going to bring Chris along on one of those days somehow, some way. Maybe, Wait. That, maybe that Friday. I think that Friday that would be That Friday best. would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That Friday would be perfect. Well, there you go. And, of course, uh, the Unfiltered Show is live. Go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar if you ever want to find out about little things like, oh, I don't know, schedule changes or tweaks like that. Word. It's all in your time zone over jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. All right, Mr. Chase. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to get the heck out of here. Thank you to all of our yes. Unfiltered supporters. You guys rock. We should be Thank back you. next week with a regular episode. We'd love to get your thoughts. Unfiltered, jupiterbroadcasting.com. See you right back here next week. week.